Welcome to the midweek edition of Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for downloading and listening today. If you have any thoughts or anything on the show, you can send them my way on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at primetimekline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. The music you are listening to, provided by Waste of Talent. Find them on, uh, find them on Instagram, words, at... Wasted Talent, with X is where the A's would be. You can also find the producer on Instagram, at Tommy Fresh Music. I am all kinds of fired up, already all filled up with caffeine. Uh, this is going to be a fun show today. It's been an amazing time in sports. And it feels like we can say that a lot, but it just feels like every night there's something spectacular. And just going on social media and just like, all right, let's see where the fun's happening tonight. Like, there's never just an average night in sports. A couple of nights ago, it was the, the drama of the baseball season with the, the ball that bounces out of play, that gets kicked out of uh, out of play, basically, out of bounds. Jeez, who am I? Um, that ends up being the ground rule double that ends up costing the Tampa Bay Rays their season, essentially. And then last night, baseball not necessarily providing it, but hey, welcome to the NHL Seattle Kraken. And that amazing game last night with the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Every NFL Sunday, we have games that are going right down to the wire. We have storylines off the field. Some of them absolutely shitty. Shout out John Gruden. But some of them really spectacular. And it, it's just, it's been so much fun to follow all of this along. So hopefully uh, you guys are having fun with me because I'm having a blast talking about all of this stuff. Let's start our conversation, though, today with Major League Baseball and the incredible drama that the playoffs have been so far. That first night of the, the postseason, the American League wildcard, which goes down to the final inning of the regular season, and you have a game that is close, a poor decision made by a third base coach, highlights an issue for the New York Yankees, and they're done. The next night, a classic. The Dodgers with a walk-off win to head to the National League Division Series. And what we've seen so far with the, the the Braves and Brewers where every game was close. You have the White Sox with a bit of trash talk back and forth with the uh, the, the Houston Astros. And then you have the, the Rays-Red Sox series that was not lacking in drama. And now we are setting up for a fifth game in the National League Division Series that we all wanted to go five in the first place. It's been a blast. The issue that we have is that this is one of the most hateable American League Championship Series that I can remember. And I get we've got Boston against New York a ton, but even when we had Boston against New York, there was still a clear, to use pro wrestling terms, heel and babyface. No one wanted the Yankees to win outside of the Bronx, and everyone was cheering for Boston because at the time that we were getting all of those every single year... The Red Sox hadn't done anything. And so it was, come on, can this team finally get over the hump? And then they did. Now we hate them all. And th there's the whole cheating thing that goes into all of this. The baseball is going to be spectacular. And again, from a Blue Jays standpoint, I can't help but see this Boston team in the American League Championship Series and think of what might have been from a Toronto perspective. And we'll get to them in a second. The next note I have from baseball's preseason, we need to appreciate Freddie Freeman more. Like, I, I think he's one where he's just been so good for so long that it's just, oh yeah, no, he's good, moving on. I, I don't think we appreciate how talented of a hitter he is. I could watch him hit all day, and he really is going to go down as one of the, the best hitters that this sport has ever seen. And I don't think people really put him in that category. Like, he is 
the the face of this era of Atlanta Braves baseball post um, Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, all those guys, um, and and certainly post Chipper, like absolutely post Chipper Jones. Uh, Freddie Freeman is the the face of this, and this is a cool story. Again, no one's gonna um, shed any tears for the Atlanta Braves, but they they, they lose. They lose Soroka early, which sucked. They lose Acuna to an ACL injury, and they just, all along the way, continue to just keep pushing forward, and now they are four wins away from the World Series. And I think credit goes to someone who I'm a big fan of, and Alex Anthopoulos. It would have been very easy for Anthopoulos to just say, you know what? This ain't our year. We, we've lost a couple of guys to injury. Marcelo Zuna's a piece of shit, so that has certainly hurt our organization. And you know what? Let's just let, let's trade a couple pieces away. Hope we can either free up some money or get a couple of prospects that might be able to help us next year. But for him to look at the landscape of the America or the the National League East and see, well, the Phillies aren't that good, and the Mets are showing way more flaws than anyone expected them to have. Let's go for it. And he did. And again, now with that aggressive general manager work, he has his team in striking distance of a playoff spot. And or sorry, in striking distance of a World Series. They're in a playoffs right now, and they are sitting at home waiting to see where they'll be going next as we get Dodgers Giants in a fifth game. I wish this was a seven-game series. Just a quick aside, I like that the first round is a five-game series, though. Like I, I wish this series in particular was seven. Um, but I, I can't, I, I used to like that when the NBA did five games, it, it just, it feels like a nice little intro and a quick little sprint before we get into the, the real meat and potatoes. And I kind of like that there's, it's an extra challenge as you go along in the playoffs. Not that the, the world series needs to be a best of nine, but I, I just, I like that there is a challenge as it goes along. Um, and now this one heads to a fifth and deciding game, no baseball on schedule tonight. So we get to, to open things up for, um, to, to watch some hockey. So I'm, I'm quite, quite looking forward to catching the, the NHL schedule. And I think a little bit later on in the season, we're going to go with a, what are we watching tonight? But there's so much going on every night that it's tough to, to lock something down. But tonight it's easy. It's Toronto against Montreal in the NHL and then Edmonton against Vancouver as the late game. Winnipeg, Anaheim might be a little intriguing, but we talked about it on the NHL preview show yesterday. Anaheim does not necessarily have my attention the same way that the other four teams from Canada do. One more baseball note before we get into a little bit more hockey talk. Uh, the Blue Jays apparently were in on Jose Ramirez um, in the middle of the season, and that definitely feels like something that needs to be readdressed this offseason. If the Blue Jays get Jose Ramirez, holy crap. But this signifies to me the type of offseason I'm expecting from this Blue Jays team now. I'm, and look, They've gone big game hunting and found what they wanted the last two off seasons, right? Like they, they brought in Ryu, they brought in George Springer. They have spent like a contending team, but now I want all the way in. I'm not going to be content with, oh, hey, look at this. Craig Kimbrell. Yay. No, I, I want a juggernaut going into next season. I, I want uh, Simeon back. I want Jose Ramirez playing third. I want uh, a trade that has brought in another top end relief pitcher and a decent starter. I I want the world. And that is where the Blue Jays are at now. That this is, we've talked about it before, but this is, I think, a very important offseason for this Toronto team to take that next step into contendership. Because you look at this, again, we've talked about it. You look at this postseason. 
Do any of these teams feel objectively miles ahead of the Blue Jays? Maybe the Dodgers and Giants, but even the, like the, the Giants, are you watching this and going, oh yeah, no, they're going to be awesome next year as well. It's a great story and they're playing fantastic. But we're talking about National League teams. Tampa Bay is always going to give the Blue Jays problems just because Tampa Bay, you know, whatever. But I don't watch any of these playoffs and think, well, no chance for the Blue Jays in any of this. This is a Blue Jays team that is close. And a, another strong offseason here has the chance to put them right in that conversation that they want to get into. Moving into the National Hockey League, a couple of games last night, the Tampa Bay Lightning raise a couple of banner or raise a banner and then only score a couple of goals and get thumped by the Pittsburgh Penguins. An interesting result. And when we're going over our over-unders, uh, that's probably two points we're gonna want back at the end of the season when looking at both of those clubs. Um, but an, an interesting performance from the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. We are not going to read anything into these early matchups, but that's that is a good showing from Pittsburgh, and it kind of shows um, the the organizational depth that this Pittsburgh Penguins team has. Again, I don't know how... I'm not a huge fan of how this roster is built, but we talk about it before, just establishing those winning cultures, and it's just next man up, and that is... That's the tough part about getting out of a rebuild, and those are the types of things that players like Crosby and Malkin can bring, and I thought Pittsburgh did a good job of establishing that in those um, Stanley Cup years, bringing in guys like Garen and Recky and all of those guys to show this is what winning organizations do. And now you have Crosby and Malkin and all of those guys carrying those messages on. And it just, it, it builds that organizational strength. It's very tough to do, but the Pittsburgh Penguins have clearly done that. Welcome to the NHL Seattle Kraken. That was an amazing night with the, the Kraken taking on Vegas. First of all, Vegas, they get what the pregame of NHL is supposed to be and, and the excitement and building up the moment. Um, that was a really cool display. And then the hockey game itself, I said on the show yesterday, I think Seattle is going to be a very good defensive team. And I still believe that to be true. And that just shows how much firepower this Vegas Golden Knights team is going to have. If they're going to be lighting the lamp like that against that team, this is going to be a tough team to stop all year. But credit Seattle as the, the Kraken were able to, they, they didn't just melt away or anything. They didn't go quietly into that dark night. They came right back, no pun intended, they came right back at Vegas, and that is the exact type of pushback you want to see from a brand new team. So I thought, positive signs for, for Seattle, but it very much showed that while people are talking about the Kraken as a playoff team, there is one true king of the Pacific, and they were the ones who came away with the two points last night. In the NBA, Ben Simmons is apparently back with the Philadelphia 76ers. And there's a couple of different sides to this story. The first is... Did not see that coming. And... Um, I think credit to all parties involved because it could be very easy to just pout your way through this whole thing. And I, I think a lot of people would feel both sides are very right in being frustrated with the other. A, with how Ben Simmons performed in the playoffs and B, how the 76ers reacted after he performed that way in the playoffs. I, I, I can certainly see that from both sides of this equation. The one that I think is kind of getting lost as this goes along, Philadelphia, whether Ben Simmons is with the 76ers, if he's at training camp or if he isn't, 
Philadelphia still needs to trade Ben Simmons. Like, it, it wasn't, the need to trade Ben Simmons was not, oh, well, he might not show up. The need to trade Ben Simmons is, this does not work. What you are doing right now in Philadelphia has a ceiling to it. We have seen, time and time again, it keeps bumping up against that ceiling anytime this team tries to go into the playoffs. And you can certainly make the case that last year was an anomaly because there's no way Ben Simmons is going to struggle like that again. But there's just too many of those. They, they lose in the, the semifinals to the Raptors. They lose in the semifinals to the Atlanta Hawks. It is very clear to almost everyone watching that that whole situation just does not work. Now, for Philadelphia, if Ben Simmons playing raises that trade value a little bit, then that's great. But it just kind of feels like this needed to be done in the offseason, not just so that you can like make Ben Simmons happy or not so you can get whatever, not so you can bump up the trade value or anything like that. It is because when you move Ben Simmons out, you are now establishing a brand new way of playing for the Philadelphia 76ers. That, that is going to adjust how this team will play going forward, and I think you kind of needed that for training camp. Now, the regular season for a lot of these upper echelon teams in the NBA has kind of turned into an 82-game training camp. So it's not the end of the world, but I think when you are looking at this Eastern Conference, you can't afford to give up 10, 20 games this year because of how deep it is. And then all of a sudden you find yourself as the sixth seed in the playoffs, and now you have an extremely difficult road to a championship. So I, I don't think there's time to waste for the Philadelphia 76ers, and that's fantastic that they're all singing Kumbaya right now, but the realization needs to be there that this does not work. on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X's where the A's would be and check out their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. Week 5 in the NFL now in the books. Normally on Mondays we'll run through the NFL schedule but it was NHL, or, uh, NHL preview in time so let's run through the schedule now. The New York Jets and Atlanta Falcons off in London. Um, I, I don't know. We've been running through every game on here. I think that's probably going to change as the season goes along or at least these are going to be um, very, very quick as there's just not a whole lot to take from this outcome. The Jets are still bad and the Falcons, even with a win, are still bad. Um, do not get the cover on that one and we missed the under on it as well. So a nice little 0 for 2 game. So maybe that's why I'm so bitter about that one. Denver taking on Pittsburgh. It's interesting that Pittsburgh can actually do this now, and I don't want to say this is a wake-up call for the Denver Broncos, but this is now back-to-back -back weeks where the Broncos have actually faced a bit of resistance, and it hasn't gone well for them. It's one thing to beat the Jets and the Jags and the Giants, but now losses to the Ravens and the Steelers. The schedule maybe a little easier, but I don't think the Steelers are all that good. They get the Raiders this week. Then after that, it's the Browns. That's not an easy matchup. It's a Thursday night game as well. Uh, you get the football team on Halloween. Then it's the Cowboys. Eagles ain't bad, but then you got Chargers, Chiefs, Lions, all right. Bengals looks like that's going to be tougher. And then you end the season Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs. 
it's going to be a tough run now for the the Denver Broncos. And this was one they, they kind of needed to have. And I think now, again, this is a bit of a wake up that this maybe isn't going to necessarily go well. And I think this isn't, um, I think one of the bigger stories of the weekend is how in, I don't want to say in shambles, but how all over the place the AFC is right now. When you look at the, the standings in the AFC, um, like at the top, you have the LA Chargers, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Buffalo Bills at 4-1. and one. We all assume the Chiefs are going to be there at the end, but they are currently on the outside looking in. Um, and like, we know the Chargers are going to be there. We know the Bills are going to be there. We know that the Chiefs are going to be there. We're feeling pretty confident about Baltimore. But then after that, Tennessee's defense, I'm not buying it. Like that certainly puts a limit on this team. Anyway, Cincinnati, maybe, like, the, there's there's going to be a couple of teams in the playoffs that we're just not convinced are playoff teams this year in the AFC. The Broncos, if they can just kind of hang around, are going to be in a decent spot. But we went through that schedule. This These last couple of weeks, I think, were quite a humbling experience for the Denver Broncos. Detroit covers the plus 10, which we greatly appreciate, in a wild game. And you just feel for Detroit. Back-to-back um, -back heartbreaking losses. They did everything right except for defending at the end of the game. And you can see at the end of the game there, Minnesota, like Kirk Cousins, a couple of chunk plays, sets up a win. And oh, well, see, this is that Minnesota team we've been expecting. But again, I, I don't get what people are seeing with this Minnesota Vikings team that everyone, oh, well, they're, they're better, they're, they're better than their two and one record would indicate. It's like, really? Cause they, they scored seven against the Browns. That's not great. They only beat the lions by two. Yes. They beat the Seahawks, but that is not a good Seahawks defense. So I don't, I don't know what category people are expecting Minnesota to be in, but I continue to find them wildly overrated. We get a push in Green Bay against Cincinnati as no one wanted to hit a field goal in that game. But this was, I, I thought, a very good showing for Joe Burrow, who, um, like, look, I, I was critical of this team drafting Jamar Chase. He has been a baller this year. I still disagree with the philosophy of it, but that pick has ended up working out. And by the way, I will still, to the death, argue with anyone who suggested that it was the right pick because they were familiar with each other in college. That one, no. If you wanted to say, get him more weapons and then the offensive line, blah, 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 blah. while I agree, I disagree with you philosophically, I can see in practice that this is working out very, very well. So credit to Cincinnati. I don't think they, I still don't think they're a playoff team, but this was one where they show like they can hang with some of the big boys and Green Bay is still just a good team. Uh, thought... Tampa Bay might have a bit of a hangover after an emotional night. Uh, nope, they beat the crap out of Miami. And when we go back over the over-unders at the end of the year and my call that I think Miami's a playoff team, I'm... It would be very easy to just say, oh, well, they were missing Tua for a stretch, and that's why they missed the playoffs. This is a very flawed football team. And I don't think that... I, I think that Tua is going to get quite a bit of the blame, and there's a lot of how could you pick Justin Herbert over Tua, and I don't know if Tua is going to get to the level of Justin Herbert now. A, no one was saying this at the time of the draft. Not a soul. Now, it's not our job to see this. It's their job to see it, but still. Um, I, I There's a lot of revisionist history going on about the quarterbacks in that draft now, but th this is, Miami's problems are more than just Tua right now, and if he leads them to any kind of a thing, 
then his stock raises tenfold because this is the, the defense is playing poorly. The offense can't do anything. This is a very flawed football team right now. On that note, New England barely holds on for a win over the Houston Texans. And again, that this is just what I was saying all season long. This is not a good New England team. The defensively, yeah, they, they spent a bunch of money, but it was on, uh, on the offense, they spent a bunch of money on two tight ends. And defensively, they were waiting for a bunch of old dudes to come back. I just, I didn't see the draw in, in this New England team. And we're seeing it now. Like, this is just, this is just not a good football team. And they, they obviously have some issues. So the, again, the good thing for them is that they're playing in a conference that no one's going to run away with. They're not going to win their division, but are they going to hang around for a playoff spot? Even I don't know about that, but they can at least tell themselves that as they go forward. I think they have the Cowboys this week. Look out for that one. Uh, New Orleans with an 11-point win over Washington. The football team having some struggles. Uh, defensively, that's just they are not the team that we thought they were going to be. And New Orleans, no performance really blows you away. Or no performance surprises you, I guess I should say, from New Orleans anymore. They just, some weeks they're fantastic and other weeks they're not. And we have no idea when that is going to come. This was a surprising one. This was a down game for Carolina. They fall to Philadelphia as the, the Eagles three point underdogs win outright by three. That one's a setback for Carolina. That that's one where if Carolina is as good as I thought they were going to be. And if Carolina is as good as they want to tell themselves that they are, that's a game you need to win for Philadelphia. I still don't think uh hurts is it, but that's a win against a pretty good Carolina defense, so maybe a sign of things to come. I don't think so. I, I think Philadelphia is away is away now. Tennessee, an easy win over Jacksonville. Uh, A.J. Brown, not as big of a factor in this game as some would have thought as he comes back from an injury. It's all Derrick Henry all the time. Jacksonville is in a world of hurt. Vegas, they've had quite the week. Um, they lose to Chicago, even as five and a half point favorites and then they lose their coach the following day there is no telling what this whole situation means this does kind of feel forget the urban meyer thing this does kind of feel like a situation that can bring a football team closer together we'll see how the, the this team responds as they face denver next week but again this is a lot of people realizing that maybe vegas wasn't all that good even though their wins were more legit than denver's but i, I still don't think this is a playoff team Cleveland against the Chargers was the game of the year. The The Chargers end up covering the, the two and a half and have kind of taken that spot as one of the, the top or as the top team in the AFC West right now. Justin Herbert being talked about as the guy who you would start a franchise with in the NFL right now, which is, I think, a little premature, but he, he is still really, really good. And this team, the frustrating thing about watching them is they should be better. They, they don't really like it's the whole let Russ cook thing. They need to let Herbert cook a whole lot earlier than they are instead of, hey, can you bail us out in the fourth quarter? Thanks. That's basically been their strategy so far. If they let him go from the beginning, this offense will probably be unstoppable. Giants against Dallas, everyone got hurt in this game, but the Dallas Cowboys once again proving that there's a quite a gap between the Giants and the Cowboys. And again, everyone got hurt. I understand that. The Giants aren't close right now. San Francisco falls to Arizona. This is one where I start to question Kyle Shanahan because that I get you have a new quarterback in and you're you're trying some stuff, I guess. But I, I didn't like any bit of the game plan for San Francisco and to only get 10 points against the Chargers. 
I think Shanahan had an off day, but then you start to look more at the resume. It's okay, they got to that Super Bowl, but a lot of losing in San Francisco. And this was the quarterback that everyone thought was kind of the upgrade anyway. So no real excuses for me for San Francisco. I thought this team would be a lot better than they are. And if it's another losing season in San Francisco, I get Kyle Shanahan is this genius, but at some point that's got to translate to winning more than once. The big surprise of the day, Kansas City falling to Buffalo on Sunday Night Football. And again, talking about teams announcing that they've arrived. This was a bit of a a planting the flag week. This was Buffalo and the Chargers kind of announcing, hey, we're here. Like, we, we are as good as it looks. And this was a week for Denver and for the Raiders and for Kansas City. Um, and, and San Francisco, this was a week where a lot of teams kind of established, like, look, there are warts on these teams that maybe we didn't see in the first few weeks of the season. So I, I thought there was a, a bit of a, a break between, I don't want to say Kansas City's a pretender, because you have Patrick Mahomes, you never are, but Kansas City has real issues. And we've, and I'm very much guilty of this, um, kind of just shook it off as, yeah, they're just playing with their food, they're not really trying, wait till the playoffs. And the the issues in Kansas City this year, though, are real. That defense can't stop a thing. And Josh Allen taking another step forward on Sunday night. And on Monday night, the Baltimore Ravens come one point short of the cover as uh, the line was at seven. They end up winning in overtime by six. Lamar Jackson, he had a coming out party as he was slinging the ball all over the field. And he has shown now that development as an actual pocket passer. If he's figured that out, this Baltimore offense is going to be scary good. And I think Baltimore's legit as another contender in the AFC. And I think they are the best team in the AFC North. So that is the rundown of the week in the National Football League. And that is a show. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Reminder, you can catch me on the Fresh Take Network tomorrow with the Sports Rundown podcast. Um, So check that one. I guess that comes out on Friday. Recording it tomorrow. Uh, That'll come out on Friday. Aside from that, We Had No Idea came out earlier today. If you want to hear about World War One, I uh, had a lot of fun researching that one. I mean, it's not a fun subject, but um, a lot of interesting notes coming out of that one. So check out We Had No Idea wherever you listen to this podcast. If you want to get in touch with me, Twitter and Instagram, I am at PrimetimeKline. Twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. You can email the show, CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. The music that you hear provided by Wasted Talent. They got some new stuff out. Check out their Instagram at Waste of Talent with X's where the A's would be. Uh, aside from that, we got fights and football on Friday and a special guest hoping to get lined up. We have a couple of special guests lined up for Friday. Hopefully those all work out. So I'll talk to you guys later this week. I'm out.